You think being meek is weak, huh? Try being meek for a week. Ain't that right, Shaq? Won't find no bold amending those of them that's going in for holiness. God goes with them. We know about going harder. Walk with me through these martyrs and fathers. Definitely father for the father. Boy, don't get me started. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Into the Deep Talk Show. Amen. I am so excited to be back with you on another episode. Man, you, I, I'm just excited, especially about this new series, this series called Who Am I? Amen. Listen, I've been talking with God. I've been on my face with God about these different topics, these subjects and what's coming forth. And listen, I, it's going to be powerful. You don't want to miss these rest of these episodes because God is bringing some power hitters. God has lined up some power hitters. For be, to be a guest on this show, and I just can't wait to see what he does. I know I seen what God did last year throughout the episodes and the breakthrough and the the freedom and everything he's done, and I know he, he's just gonna do even better, bigger and better this time around. So guess what? I'm excited, and tonight there's no guess. It's me. Tonight, I'm going to be talking to us about who I am, amen, who I am in Christ. If you missed the first two episodes of the year, I, I started us off with talking about that we are worshipers, we are witnesses, and we are vessels used by God, amen. And when we're, worship, when we're witnesses and we're worshipers and we're vessels, what is that's, that's power that comes upon us and that God draws more people to him. Amen. And then on our second episode, we had Pastor Cheryl George of Church of Promise Global Ministries. She came and brought forth fasting and praying. See, we got deep into that subject and why we need to fast and pray because who we are we fast and we pray. When we're children of God, when we're saved and healed and delivered in Christ, we fast and pray because it makes us better. We fast and pray for guidance. We fast and pray because that is what he wants us to do. 
And tonight, whoo, man, listen. As I was studying tonight, God was just speaking to me. God was just keep speaking to me. And the thing about tonight, it is, it's not going to be long. It's not, but tonight is just so great. Uh, so, before we get into the topic of who I am, who am I? I just want to let you know who we are. This is the newest talk show in Beaumont, Texas called Into the Deep Talk Show. Amen. Where we bring the word to the world so others can know who they are and whose they are. Thus defining their divine purpose in Christ. We expect to see miracles, signs, and wonders in each and every individual who watches this show. I am Leander DJ Wilson, and I invite you into the deep. So are you ready to go into the deep with me tonight? Amen. Before we go into the deep, there's a little bit more announcements I want to give us. Into the Deep is not just a face, it's not associated with Facebook. We're live on Facebook every Tuesday at 7 p.m. But we're also on each and every audio streaming platform. You can catch us on any audio streaming platform, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spiderfly, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Whatever you want to listen to, we're located on it. All you have to do is search into the deep talk show and you'll find us. Amen. And if you find us on one of those platforms, would you please do me this favor? Would you please go and like, comment, rate? Tell us what you think about the show, what you think about the episodes. Amen. So here's the thing. We are talking about who I who am I? Amen. As I told you earlier, we talked about earlier in the first episodes that we are worshipers, that we're witnesses, and we're vessels used by God. In episode two, we talked about that we fast and we pray because that's who we are. But tonight we're talking about that I am. A disciple. I am a disciple. I am a disciple. Now, now, being a disciple, the word disciple has got disvalued, has got misused, misrepresented so many ways. And tonight, as we dive deep, We're going to understand what a disciple is and why we are disciples of Christ. Amen. So if you can turn with me to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6.
Luke chapter 6, verse 39 and 40. Chapter 6, verse 39 and 40. It reads, then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher. But the te student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. I'm going to say that again because it was just two short verses. So I'm going to say it again. And this time I'm going to say it with emphasis and purpose, all right? Y'all ready? Verse 39. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than the teacher. But the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Amen. All right. Can we go to Matthew chapter 28? This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Matthew 28. verse 18 and it reads Jesus came and told his disciples I have been I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth therefore go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So, tonight we're talking about I am a disciple. I am a disciple. When we get saved, healed, and delivered, when we accept salvation in Christ, when we come and say, God, forgive me of my sins, I confess in my heart. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are the Savior and you are Lord of my life. When we have made that confession, we are saying, Lord, I am ready to be your disciple. So we are a disciple. In the Greek, disciple means people or apprentice. In the English definition, disciple means student or learner. See, I like the Greek definition a little bit better because it says pupil or apprentice. That means you're, you're, you're graduating to something. That means 
you're in a position to be taught to move on to a new level of your life. For, for example, the famous disciples we remember are the 12 disciples. Right? And out of those 12, we know, we know Peter, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Andrew, James, Judas. We, we, we know those disciples because, first off, they wasn't the first disciple, but they was the first disciples of Jesus. And if you, if you read the Bible, for those who haven't, I'm going to let this know, I'm going to let you know some things. If you have read the Bible, if you haven't, listen closely. These 12 men walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They supped with Jesus. They prayed with Jesus. They learned from Jesus. And when Jesus went to the cross and he said it is finished and he hung his head and he died. Many people believe that's where disciples would have stopped with the master. But, but disciple, the reason I don't like student or learner because when you're a student, that means you need a teacher. That means you're always going to be a student in search of a teacher. But when you're a disciple, you follow the master. You follow the leader. And as you're following this leader, as you're following this teacher, you see, when you're a disciple, when you're an apprentice, you... you, you when you're an apprentice, you're working to become a craftsman. You're working on becoming a master of your skill. So, so when the disciples seen Jesus on the cross, it, it did not mean that their life was over. It, that, it did not mean that it was over. It meant that it's just beginning. Now it's on to the next level. There's levels to this. You see, in being a disciple, there's levels to this thing. In being a student, it's linear. But in being a disciple, there's levels to this. I have a couple of keys to take away. The first key to take away in being a disciple is be careful who you follow because disciples become like their master. Be careful who you follow because disciples become like their master.
Now, now, here we, now let's go back a little bit. Jesus came to this world and he stepped into the disciples, the Jewish discipleship paradigm. Okay? He stepped into this paradigm. You see, the thing about disciples, it, the 12 wasn't first disciples. Disciples were for educated, well-groomed, well-funded, well-knowledgeable men. It wasn't for fishermen. It wasn't for tax collectors. It wasn't for doctors. It wasn't for beggars. It was for well-educated, well-groomed men. But then Jesus steps onto the scene and he says, okay, they would be great students, but I need disciples. I need men who will be committed to this path that they're about to start. So he, he goes after he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, after he's tempted by the devil, he goes and he walks by the river. He goes and walks by the sea. And he sees this group of men coming in with their head hung down, depressed, like their purpose has ended. And he sees these men and he tells these men, go back out. And this time, toss your net on the other side into the deep. And these men did not know this man, Jesus. They did not know who he was. They did not know what he can do. All they, did, all they heard was this man say these words. And... and And the thing they did is they, they heard what he said, and it didn't matter how foolish it sounded. Because, listen, Peter knew he was the best fisherman out there. He knew that no one could outfish him. But instead of saying, man, I'm a great fisherman. I know what to do with fish. I know how to catch some fish. This is my life. They don't call me a fisherman for nothing. But instead, he heard his words, and he went out, cast his nets on the other side in the deep. And they caught a catch. And this catch was so big that he had to call in others to help him. Now, now, Peter and his friends, they didn't know that this was the start of something new. That, that, that this was the start of their discipleship. That, that, that as they listened to Jesus, now they're about to start walking and witness some things that they wouldn't, wouldn't believe. And the thing I, I know, the thing I've researched and that I studied is there were many great leaders and mentors with great disciples. But 
But there was one true leader who took disciple to a whole new level. You see, the, the thing is, there's two types of discipleships. There's non-transformational, and then there's transformation discipleship. You see, non-transformational discipleship is, it provides education, adds value, more skill, but leaves us spiritually stuck where we are. You see, non-transformational discipleship, what it does is it leaves us stuck spiritually. It, it, it looks great on the outside. It looks, like, it looks like success on the outside. But in reality, we're, we're, we're stagnant in our growth. I may be gaining some knowledge here. I may be gaining some knowledge there, but I'm stuck in my growth. Let me try to illustrate it to you this way. So, so in America, we are required to go to school from kindergarten to 12th grade. Right? We are required to go to school from kindergarten to 12th grade. That's 13 years of school. And so many people want to hurry up and get out that they, they're satisfied with C's, they're satisfied with D's, and they say it's just good to get by. Because as long as I'm going on to the next grade, that's good with me. That's non-transformational discipleship. Because you're gaining value because you're going on to the next grade. You're gaining a little skill because you gain something. But you're stuck and seeing that this is a punishment and not an opportunity for you to grow. You see, discipleship isn't a punishment. Discipleship isn't something that we must that we that we that we must do. Some disciples is discipleship is a very thing that we get to do that we can grow and be better in who we are. You see, I'm a disciple because I get to be better than who I was. So, so illustration of the transformation of discipleship. Transformation of discipleship. As you're going to school, you're, you're learning as much as possible. You're learning from each and every teacher. You're learning from your peers. And you're, and you're taking in everything that needs to be taken in. And you say, okay, this is where this fits. This is where this fits. It, it may sound weird. It may sound screwed up. It may not make sense. Why would you have letters in mathematics? 
Why do you need to know percentages? Why do I need to know the difference between a predicate and a subject? Why do I need to know the difference between a verb and a noun? Why do I need to know that sodium chloride is salt? It, it may not make sense right now. But keep on pushing, keep on going, keep leveling up, keep on doing your best. Don't give up. You, you see, the thing about discipleship is even though it looks like you're getting beat down, even though it looks like you, you're, you don't see no way out, even though it doesn't make sense, you keep on pushing, you keep on going, you keep on walking, you're walking miles and miles, even when your master curses a tree, you keep on walking with him, you keep on believing in him, you keep on understanding, keep on going with him. So there's two types of discipleship, transformational and non-transformational. We are striving to be transformed in discipleship. Discipleship transforms us into who we are in Christ. You, you, you see, we talk, many, many preachers talk about Peter cutting the guard's ear off. Many preachers talk about Peter cursing. Many preachers talk about how the disciples fell asleep on Jesus, but they was in their discipleship stage. God was, God was showing them that, yes, you are a disciple. Yes, you're learning in this stage. To, to do more, to do better, and to make an impact. Because here, here's the thing. We, 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 we hear the word Pentecost a lot, that as a Pentecost denomination. But what really is Pentecost? Is it a denomination? Is it a, is it a religion? Is it an event? No. Pentecost is the moment. It's the moment in a moment where the Holy Spirit came upon a group of worshipers, a group of disciples, and said, now you have, now you have moved on to a new level as you have unified together, as you have now, although your Savior has gone and ascended into heaven, although your Master have left and gone into heaven, you're still worshiping, you're still walking, you're still being who you are in Christ. Now is the moment you level up. Now is the moment you level up. You see, Pentecost was the level up for the disciples. Many people say it was the moment of their apostolic. But the moment of their level up was Pentecost. That's where the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they began speaking in other tongues. And, 
And, and as they were speaking in other tongues and they, they was worshiping God, listen, people started running to this sound. People started running to hear what is being said. And this, and then in this moment, there were over 3,000 saved. Because of their discipleship. Two types of discipleship, transformationable and non-transformationable. Now, in, in today's world, we are discipled three ways. Okay? One, we are discipled by culture. Discipled by culture. It's the culture that teaches us who we are. It's the culture that, that, that tells us what we can and can't do. It's culture that we follow. Disciple by culture. There's another one. It, it's there, then it's discipled by career. My career is why I, I look this way. I, I'm discipled by my career. When I have a great time at the job, I'm joyful. When I'm having a bad time at the job, and every, how hell's breaking loose at the job, I, I don't come near me. Don't talk to me. I'm, I'm, I'm happy when I have a job. It's the devil when I don't. We're discipled by the career. And then three, discipled in Christ. Out of all three of these, there's only one that is true transformation. There's only one that changes us. There's only one that, 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 that we grow from. There's only one that we level up from. Now, here's the thing. Jesus isn't a passing fad. He, he, he isn't something that is here one day and gone the next. Being a, being a disciple isn't something that we do one day and we, we walk away from the next. Being a disciple is something that we stick with and that we grow in. Being a disciple is something that we hold on to because when we're being a disciple, we are growing in Christ. When we're being a disciple, we, are, we achieve our purpose. When, we, when we're a disciple, we see miracles, we see signs, and we see wonders. Here's the thing. Many, of, many people are asking, why don't I see miracles? I hear pastors, I hear teachers, I hear other Christians say they see all these miracles. I, I hear they see all these wonders and they see all these signs. Why don't I see? I, know, I say, I, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Yes, I did. But I don't see any miracles. I don't see no signs. I don't see any wonders. Why? 
Are you, are you being a disciple? Are you just being a spectator? Are you being a disciple? Or are you being a spectator? You, you see, the Pharisees were spectators in Jesus' ministry. The 12 were disciples. You, you, you see, the, the, the Pharisees walked and witnessed Jesus perform miracles. They, they, they heard him preach on the mountain. But, but, but it wasn't for growth. It was for, it wasn't for growth. It, it was to get over. It was to get him in trouble. Because it was, he went against culture. He went against careers. Because as I said, how did he go against culture? Because first off, he was a carpenter's son. Going around speaking the good news of who God is. Going around spreading cheer and joy to all men. Whether lame, deaf, blind. He disrupted culture. He went, up, he went up against careers because here's the thing, as I said earlier, being a disciple wasn't for fishermen. It, it wasn't for tax collectors. It wasn't for physicians. It was for the educated, the wealthy, and the groomed. You, you see, you were groomed into being a disciple. You didn't just become a disciple after being a fisherman. You didn't become a disciple after being a tax collector. You didn't become a disciple after being a physician, you didn't come a disciple after just walking with Jesus. You were groomed into being a disciple. So, so Jesus went up against culture. He went up against the idea of career. And he said, discipleship is now transformationable. He, Jesus doesn't come to change your clothes. He doesn't come to change your walk. He doesn't come to change your haircut. He doesn't come to change how you look. He comes to work in on the inside of you. He comes to work on your heart. He comes to work on your mind. He comes to give you a new heart. He comes to give you a renewed mind. Key point, key point number two, non-transformationable discipleship is where the teacher teaches about conforming to a situation or events. For example, when, when you're discipled by culture, you, you, you're taught how to conform 
to this trend. You, you, you see, in, 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 in culture, the trend now is divorce. Everyone, everyone you know, everyone you see is getting divorced. The trend, you see, when you're discipled by culture, you, you, you conform to situations. And when the situation tends to give up, when the situation tends to get too rough, when the situation tends to get too tough, it's time to conform to a new situation. Amen. So when you're, when you're being a disciple of culture, Teachers are influencers. Looking for an increase of funds and not impact in believers or followers. You, you see, Jesus did not care about the appearance, status, on social media or your title. He doesn't care how many likes you have on social media. He doesn't care how many followers you have on social media. He doesn't care about your title. But what he does care about is about changing your heart and renewing your mind. You, you see, when you're when you're discipled by culture, when you're discipled by culture, you, you're subjected to the likes. You're subjected to the followers you have. You're subjected to that blue check mark. But, but when you're discipled by God, when you're discipled in Christ, he is yet working on you. You, you, you see, I, I love illustrations and I don't have the match on me, but I want you to think of a match, right? And the only way you can light a match if, if you strike it on the right surface. The only way a match can get lit on fire is if it goes through some friction. The only way a match can get lit on fire if it goes up against something to light it on fire. And when the match is on fire, it only burns for a moment. And then it's out. And then again, you have to go through the friction again. 
You see, that's like being discipled by culture. Once the trend is up, you have to adjust again. Being discipled by career. Now, now here's the thing. Many people probably saying being discipled by career isn't bad. It's not that bad. Being discipled, having a good career in life is really what we want to do is what we want. And, and, and I come to think about Matthew, I'm sorry, Luke, Matthew and Luke, matter of fact. Matthew was a tax collector. Although people didn't like him, he was making money. He didn't worry about people ready to kill him. Matthew was set in being a tax collector. Luke was a physician, a doctor. Luke was set. He was healing those who he can heal. He was doing all, he was making money. He was doing the best of his ability. He was set in his career. And, and if you read, the Gospel of Matthew, if you read the Gospel of Luke and Acts, because Luke wrote Matthew, Luke and Acts, if you read those three books of the Bible, you, you really won't see Matthew or Luke mention that there were tax collectors and physicians. They'll probably introduce themselves, but they won't mention it like that because it wasn't about their career, it was about Christ. It was about this leader who they're following into a better place. It was about this leader who they're following for a better purpose. You see, being discipled by career brings provision. But being discipled in Christ brings forth purpose and everlasting provision. Provision that would never run dry. I want to talk about, I told you I like illustrations, so let me try to bring it this way. Now, we talked about the match, about being disciple by culture. Now, now think about a lighter. Right, the, the, the one that you have to wind back and press down and it lights. Right? That means you have to put in some work to get this fire going. You have to wind it, press, and light. You have to put in some work. And you're satisfied by the work because it produces fire. 
And, and this, lighter can, this lighter can last longer than the match. As long as you keep putting in the work. But, but, but the thing about a lighter, a lighter has fluid in it. And once the fluid runs dry, Once the fluid runs dry, what most people do with that is they toss it away. Once the career doesn't satisfy you anymore, once you don't feel like doing the work anymore, once you're tired of going to that office day in and day out and people talking about you, once it doesn't bring fulfillment anymore, it's time to walk away and start anew. You see, a lot of people in, cult, in society today are discipled by culture and discipled by careers. And when, when you're discipled by culture and you're discipled by career and you come into the church, you start to follow culture you start to follow career and the very thing that happens is you just start to build buildings but and not people you start to host programs and forget salvation you start to staff churches and forget to offer Jesus. You start to make a, a church name great and forget about the name above all names. You see the number of campuses, the number of pastors on staff or just decoration if discipleship is not in place. If, the, if transformational discipleship is not in place. I got one more illustration for us before we get to this other key. So, so McDonald's has a great marketing team. Listen, they, their marketing team is amazing. If you watch a commercial on whatever streaming you watch, an ad on Facebook, an ad on social media, whatever you watch the ad on, you, it makes you want to go to McDonald's, if you like that. Their quarter pounds will be looking juicy. They have ice cream. But every, but every time you go to a McDonald's, and you, you request an item. Either they don't have it or the ice cream machine is broken. You, you see, it isn't the marketing team, but it's the staff. It, it, it isn't 
You, you see, the marketing team is doing their job. They're pushing it, making it look delicious, making it look like you really want to buy it, making you spend that last $5 in your pocket, last $5 on your cash-up card, make you want to purchase it. But when you get to the building, when you get to the restaurant, they don't have it. Now, now the very thing that you wanted, the very thing that you desired, you can't have. Now you're upset. You, you, you see, that that's what's happening today in many churches. So many of us are, are discipled by culture and career. We are so discipled by the trends. We are discipled by what it looks like. We're discipled by the titles that we forget to be discipled in Christ. And when we're discipled by culture and discipled by careers, we build things without having the foundation of Jesus. And when we don't bring Jesus in the picture, it isn't the same. It isn't what, what, we, what we come to look for. Key number three, transformation is the bottom line of true discipleship. Transformation is the bottom line of true discipleship. It's the root of true discipleship. If you're not being transformed, you're not being discipled. I told you earlier that discipleship has been misused and misrepresented. So I'm going to give you three, just three, of three ways that discipleship has been misrepresented. Number one, discipleship is a behavior modification. You see, you go through discipleship to change your behavior. No, you don't go through discipleship to change your behavior. You go through discipleship to grow in Christ. With, when you go in Christ, Christ changes your behavior. You, you, you see, when you're being discipled in Christ, you, you, you're, you're, being, you're, you're growing in Christ. And when you grow in Christ, he's working on the inside of you, giving you a new heart. He's renewing your mind. So here's the thing I'm going I'm to let you know. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is not an excuse, but I'm fit to help you. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
you won't be made whole at that very moment always. You see, oftentimes, let me explain it. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you, when you walk up to, in, the, in that church, you walk to the altar, and you say you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you say the sinner's prayer, you say, Lord, I confess of my sins, I, I repent, I come before you today, and I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. When you have said that and you, you made that confession of your life, Oftentimes, you will walk out of that building and you will go into the same situation. But here's the thing I want to let you know something. Discipleship means you are not alone. That's why I really don't like the English definition of discipleship because it's a student. Because oftentimes when you're a student, you have homework. That, that means you, you do work without the teacher. You, that, that means you do work from what you learned. You, you see, discipleship, apprentice, you, you're working with the master on getting better. You're working with the master in growing your skill. You're working with the master to become more like him. So discipleship isn't a behavior modification. It's a it's discipleship is transformation. You see, behavior modification is you're adjusting some things. In your life but discipleship is God is re, re, God is making you over God is making you a new creature God is giving you a new heart a pure heart number two discipleship is stuffing information of scripture into people quickly Discipleship is stuffing information of scripture into people quickly. Now, now that I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, now I must read the Bible in a year. Listen, I read the Bible. I didn't read Genesis, Exodus, doing around in Leviticus. I didn't read it like that. I read it <laughs> all around, and I got into it. But there's still some things in Scripture. If I read it to, to this day, I read it five years ago, but if I read it to this day, I see something new. So it isn't about getting the information in Scripture. It isn't about reciting the Scripture. It's allowing the Scripture to work in you and for you. So it isn't just about knowing that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It's about believing that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. 
that, that God is the creator of everything I see, everything I touch. So discipleship isn't about stuffing information. It's about becoming an impact in society. I told you about the moment of Pentecost and what happened. You see, it wasn't about the information that they received. It was about their unity. It's about what they was doing in that moment. Despite that Jesus ascended into heaven and he is now interceding for them, they, they still say, okay, I believe and trust that he taught me enough that as long as I worship, as long as I continue to fellowship with others, as long as I continue to grow disciples, and be a witness. As long as I continue to be a worshiper, as long as I continue to be a witness, as long as I continue to be a vessel, used by God, the information will come. You see, if you go read it in the text about Pentecost, you see they started speaking in other tongues and other languages. And the people around them that heard the sound was amazed because they understood it in their own language. In the text, it didn't say they practice speaking in other languages like I do these Greek words and these Hebrew words oftentimes. But, but when you allow the spirit to grow in you, when you allow the spirit to take con control of your life, you, you, you see, this wasn't a one-day thing. You see, they, was, they worked on being disciples. They worked on worshiping God. They worked on allowing the spirit to lead them. They worked... So discipleship is not about stuffing information in, but about making an impact in society. Number three, discipleship isn't a stepping stool to leadership. I'm sorry. Number three, discipleship is a stepping stool to leadership. 
Because discipleship is not a stepping stool to leadership. Discipleship is a relational tool to grow who you are. You see, you don't go, you don't become a disciple to become a leader. You become a disciple to become a better leader. Because you can be a leader and be discipled by culture. You can become a leader and be discipled by career. Because you can, you can look in today's society and see so many people who are, who are CEOs and, and managers of these different businesses and they're, they're, they're discipled by their career, that their career is the very thing that, and the reason they live. Their career is the very reason that they wake up. Their career is the very reason they have joy. Their career is the very reason that they're here today, that they believe they're here today. But when you're a disciple in Christ, you are a disciple building relationship, growing in Christ, becoming a better leader than you can possibly ever imagine. So the end result of discipleship isn't the outlook, but merely the obedience of his word, his will, and his way. Okay, so here we go. Now, Judas, Judas, right? He is known for betraying Jesus. But, but here's the thing, but before Judas betrayed Jesus, he walked with him, he witnessed miracles, signs, and wonders. Matter of fact, he had a position in the group. You see, Judas was the treasurer of the group. Although Matthew was the tax collector, Judas was the treasurer of the group. You see, Judas walked with Jesus. He, he heard these parables, and he even sat and ate with Jesus on many different occasions. So what is the difference between Judas and the other 11? You see, the other 11... They surrendered their lives over to Jesus. Come on. They, they surrendered to Jesus. Peter gave up his whole fishing, fishing career to walk with Jesus. He gave up the only way he knew to make money to walk with Jesus. And, and I seen, I read in a text that um, they, 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 they talked about tax, giving a tax to Caesar and, and how Jesus told Peter to go catch a fish and he will have what they needed. 
So, so, so in, in that text, I seen that, listen, Peter gave up everything just to follow Jesus, just to become a disciple of Jesus. Peter gave up success of the, of the world to gain so much more. You see, when Judas only seen Jesus as a teacher, he only received information. Amen. He, he only received information. He, he, he heard. He heard the parables. He, he seen Peter walk on water. He seen Jesus heal the sick. He seen Jesus heal the blind. He seen Jesus heal the lame. He, seal, he seen Jesus heal the leopards. And yet it was only for information purposes. What can he get out? Can we go to James chapter 2? I'm almost done. James chapter 2. Verse 19. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. I, I, I love the scripture. You see, discipleship wasn't based on information. Because if discipleship was based on information, then here's the thing. Demons would be disciples of, king, of the kingdom of God. Because let me let you know something. Demons know all about Jesus. Demons know about his birth, his death, his death his death, his burial, and resurrection. They know all about Jesus' mother, Mary, Joseph. They know all about God, how he's the creator. He's the author and finisher of life. He know, they know all about this. They know all about the power that God holds. They know all about the authority that he has. But if it was about information, they would be disciples too. You see, merely information, information of discipleship devalues disciples. It devalues us as a disciple when it's all about information. You know why it devalues us? Because when, we, when it's all about information, we miss out on the power. When, 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 when we only after the information, we only after the position, 
we forget the power. For, for when we're discipled by culture, we, we get the information, we see the followers coming in, we see the likes coming in, we, we see We've we seen that we're getting verified on, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. And, and we miss the power behind it. We see that, oh, now people start to like us. And, and we miss the power. When, when we're discipled by career, we, 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 we see the position, oh, it's It's time for me to get that manager position. We, 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 we get that manager position. We, we, we get big and bad. Now nobody can tell us nothing. We, we, we get that supervisor position. Now I know too much. I know all things now. We, we, we get to the position of business owner. Now. We, we believe no one can tell us anything. We know all things now. I, I, I can do whatever I want now. But, 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 being discipled in Christ is not all about information. It's not all about the position. But it's about the power because the power is what changes us. The power the power of the Holy Spirit is what draws people to the message of God. Uh, you, you see As a producer of this TV show, I, um, I have the ability to see how many downloads we get on all our streaming platforms. I get to see how many likes, how many views. I get to see all that thing, all that stuff. And, and when, when, when I first saw it in, in the first couple of weeks, I seen people downloading, I seen people streaming, I, I, I got excited, I'm like, God, <laughs> yes, that, that's what I'm talking about. And, and then I had to go pray, I had to go talk with God, and I had to give Him the glory, I had to give God glory because, listen, I'm only up here, I'm only on this screen, I'm only, you only can hear me because of God, because God allowed me this platform to tell you that discipleship isn't about information, it isn't about likes, it isn't about the outlook, but it's about the power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes and changes and delivers us. So I'm grateful for everyone downloading, streaming, commenting, liking, sharing these videos, these episodes, but I got to give all glory to God. Because first off, I did this once before. And I didn't like the views. I didn't like it. I wasn't getting what I am getting now. Because it was about me. 
But once I gave this over to God, once I said, God, I'm just your disciple, ready to learn what you have for me to learn, ready, for, ready to go where you have for me to go, ready for me to grow where you want me to grow, Transformational discipleship comes with power. Wonder working power. You see that power to change your situation. The power to change you from an alcoholic to being sober for five years. The power to, to change from being addicted to pornography to being able to not have to watch pornography, pornography to get the joy. The power to make you be able to stand in front of people and give the message of God. True discipleship. Transformational discipleship. Are discipled by culture and we are discipled by career it, it brings cheap grace cheap grace you, you see cheap grace is the grace that we bestow upon each other the grace that can't withstand against odds can't, can't stand against offenses cheap grace Preaching of forgiveness of sins without repentance. Cheap grace, no bapt baptism with no discipline. Cheap grace, grace without the cross. But, but God wants us to know tonight, mercy and grace shall follow us all the days of our lives. But first, we must be discipled in Christ. We must be discipled in Christ. You see, Peter may have cursed out some people. He may have cut off a guard's ear. He may have denied Jesus three times. He may have been, he may have fallen into a depression after Jesus' death and went away and went back to his old ways. But because of God's grace and mercy, we are able to stand in the year 2024 and be a witness to the Pentecost moment. To the Pentecost moment where Peter was in an upper room with his other disciples. Where he was in an upper room with other believers. Where they was worshiping and witnessing together. 
one Lord, one faith, one sound. And where the spirit of the Lord fell and swept that whole room. And a life-altering experience occurred. living God. I'm not a disciple of the God of this world. I'm not a disciple of career. I'm a disciple of the living God. Amen. Amen. So again, who am I? I'm a witness. I'm a worshiper. I'm a vessel used by God. I am. I fast and I pray because that's who I am. And I'm a disciple of God. Amen. Glory be to God. I want to thank everyone for watching and tuning in to this episode. And listen, I'm excited to bring forth this series because this series is like none other. This series is going to open some people's eyes into who God has called them to be because God did not call us just to be spectators. God calls us to be more than spectators. God calls us to be disciples. God calls us to be worshipers. God calls us to be witnesses. God calls us to be vessels used by Him. And I believe through this series, if you keep watching with us, if you keep focused on the truth of, of who God is, you're going to find out who God has called you to be. Amen. Again, thank you for watching. To God be the glory. Stay safe. Continue growing in Christ. And you too are the disciple.